And since I didn't get a chance to do it earlier, I want to do it as well. Can I just say happy Mother's Day to all you guys? And that would be, I mean, all you women. I've been saying happy Mother's Day to all the guys this morning too, kind of freaking them out. But hey, seriously, can we just give another real big round of applause for our moms that are in here today? And um, and again, it, I, just, I do this every year too, because uh, for me, uh, most of you who actually know me, know that my mom isn't around. I don't get to celebrate this day with her. I get to celebrate her memory. Um, but that's never, it's never great. I mean, I love to remember her, but I don't get to the chance to just embrace that. And I know for some of you today, this is, this is a sad day, actually. It's a hard day a little bit because of um, maybe you're missing your mom. Maybe she's passed away or maybe she's just not here and you don't get to be with her um, today. And so just want to let you know we're aware of that as well. I just want to just, just pray that God might bless you too. Or, or some, you know, to be totally honest, some of us are just estranged with our mom. And so Mother's Day comes and it's like, oh, you know, it's not a great day. And I just want to pray for you. But I also want to pray for all of you who are moms in here too. Just that it's because it's, it's, it, this is a fantastic day and we do honor you. Um, we just know that the job that you do and how hard it is and the work and the sweat and the passion and the weight that you hold in your hearts for your children. And so if it, if it'd be all right with you, I'd just love to pray for our moms today. So let's, let's do that together. Father, thank you so much for um, the gift um, of a mother um, and all that they are, the care, the gentleness, the love, the support, um, the incredible amount of service that they do for children. So Lord, first of all, I just want to pray a blessing on every mom in this room. And I would ask that you would minister to their heart today and that you would strengthen it, that you would encourage it, that you would give them a vision for their children and that you would pour your heart, your wisdom, um, your love for every child into the heart of every mom in this room. And Lord, I also want to pray for all of those whose hearts are just kind of saddened by today and um, because of the closeness or the, or the farness of, of a relationship with their mom. And just, just pray that today that you would also be the God of all comfort, which you are. And so we just ask for that blessing and pray for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Well, you guys, we just want to start off this morning by, by worshiping God. Um, I know for me, many times, my need to worship God, because um, we all have it, and, and, and worship is a, is a very large word. So let me say, the, the, the opportunity to come together and to sing to Him. I mean, it's a gift that He gave us. I mean, all through the Bible, you see these, the, the people of God always sing praises to God. And I think one of the reasons why it's so important is it just helps me to remember who he is. And, and because in this world, it's very easy to forget who God is. Um, it's very easy to get a twisted view of who God is. It's very easy, as we're going to talk about today, to have our own mindset of who God is. And so sometimes it's just, I think it's important on a regular basis that we come together and we get our heart and our mind to put them together and we just express that to God. And so some of the things that we sing about, that he's an amazing God, he's indescribable, he sees the depth of our heart, and he loves us the same, which is a miracle of God, that he has strength for us, and it will rise up within us as we wait upon him. He's a defender. He, he says that he reigns forever. And I love this last, the, the, the cathedrals have tried in vain to show the image of your face. 
And, and we can't do that because God is so mysterious as well as we just saying, your ways are lovely. They're so high above me. And I, that's what I kind of want to focus on a little bit today is that who God is and his ways are so mysterious. It's just a mystery much of the time. He has revealed much to us, which we're going to talk about, but there's also much that we don't know about God and who he is. His ways are so high above us, being eternal in nature. And yet, it's critical for us today that we get a true grasp of who this God is and who he's revealed himself to be. I'm going to start off with Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 13. Uh, Jesus has got his disciples with us and with him, and he's walking through this, this area called Caesarea Philippi, which was a very Gentile region at that time, not a Jewish really concentrated area. It was also a time in the Old Testament where there was a lot of worship to the Baal gods. So there's a lot of, of interest in Caesarea Philippi outside of really worshiping the God Yahweh, the Jewish God. So Jesus says when Jesus came to that region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that I am? Who do the people say that I am? Or the, who do the people say the Son of Man is? I'm sorry. And so the first thing Jesus asks is, what's everybody else saying out there about me? Wouldn't that be an interesting question to ask here right now? What is, what's the whole rest of the world saying about Jesus Christ right now? Because there's lots of different answers, right? There'd be tons of different answers about what people are saying. The disciples came back and they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. And wow, that'd be a pretty good resume. John the Baptist was a pretty good guy. It's just the wrong answer. Um, others would say that you're Elijah. Now, Elijah, man, he was a prophet like no other in the Old Testament. That'd be a phenomenal resume. But again, great person, just wrong answer. Still others would say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So again, people were trying to figure out who Jesus was. So Jesus says, well, who's everybody else say I am? And they come up with all these different answers. And then in verse 15, he says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? What about you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon answered, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. So here's where we need to start off today, is it could be, it's a very general question, and it doesn't take much to answer, hey, who do people think Jesus is? Oh, well, you know, you can, you can just throw out lots of answers. But if Jesus looked at you and you said, how about you? Who do you say that I am? What would your answer be? If this was a college class and you had to write a paper on, this is who Jesus Christ was. This is who Jesus Christ is. How would you answer that question? And you guys... How we answer that question is absolutely critical for our life. In John 4, 22, Jesus was talking with another person, a Samaritan woman, and she, yeah, they were talking about worship. She was uh, talking about worship. The Samaritans were kind of this little sect off the Jewish faith that kind of had some stuff right, but not all of it. And Jesus looked at her and he said, you worship what you do not know, but we worship what we do know. So one, I just, I, when I read that, I just thought, Jesus looks at this woman, he says, you worship what you do not know. That's a very interesting statement to me. Because sometimes I think what happens for all of us is we might believe in God, we might worship God, but sometimes we might not be worshiping the right God. And Jesus comes to these pointed questions. And I love it. If you read his life, he always asks questions. In fact, even when people want answers, he usually just comes back with a question. 
And he'll say, well, who do you say that I am? And you know, he worship what you do not know. There's a quote by Richard Foster. He says this, to think rightly about God is in an important sense to have everything right. To think wrongly about God is in an important sense to have everything wrong. Now, what does that mean? Have you ever been in a situation where you said, man, I wish I would have known that. Anybody ever been there? Okay, so, uh, you know, I'm from Michigan, and you don't plant your garden until after Memorial Day, right? And it's because Michigan, it's a lot colder and stuff. So, I, you know, we've moved here to Salt Lake, and every spring it's so nice and warm. And I just think, man, why am I waiting so long, you know? I mean, you really, it's almost about a month early as far as the seasons go here. So, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, Susie and I decided, let's go. We went out and bought our tomato plants and our zucchini and all that kind of stuff. And we put them in there and we watered them. They looked all great. And what happened? Yeah, it snowed on my plants. And it froze them all up. And they're now brown and shriveled and dead. I wish I would have known that. (laughs) See, because... If you know certain things, you change your plans. When you know something to be true, you act a certain way. And there are so many times in life, I think, where we find ourselves saying, man, I wish I would have just known that. See, it is so important that we actually think rightly about God. Because what we believe about God will put us on a trajectory for our life. And so um, a couple weeks ago, uh, it was Eric Winter's birthday, so I took him out golfing. And uh, which I'm kind of surprised I did because um, the last two years, I've just gotten progressively worse. Anybody ever have that experience with golf? Golf is from hell, I think, actually. Um, (laughs) Just something to frustrate you to no end. And uh, but I sit there, you know, and so I mean, I was literally at the point where I'm ready just to put the clubs away. I did that one time. I put them away for like a year and a half. Just said, this is ridiculous. Because what happens when you play golf? If your club head isn't straight on, if it's just tweaked that much and you hit the ball it doesn't go straight it totally takes off in a direction that you never have and then i'm like banana man anybody else out there banana man right you you hit it off and it's like oh oh you know and it just takes off and it goes way off where you never intended it to be see i think sometimes in our life with god if we don't come at it rightly okay if it's if we're tweaked a little bit in our thinking then it will put us on a trajectory for our life that isn't right. So it's, this is a really critical thing that we're going to talk about today. Because um, we've been in this series, if, if you're visiting with us and you're um, uh, today and you don't know this, we, we're doing a series out of 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're calling it Everything That We Need. And I'm just going to read it real quick again, just because this is, this is why we're talking about this. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires." So what you guys, what I just read to you, how we've been saying it here is, you have everything you need for life. God is saying you've got grace in abundance, peace in abundance, everything you need for life, everything for godliness. You'll escape the corruption in the world. You participate in my nature. Man, this is awesome. He says, all you got to do is know me, and then that's all yours. 
And then in verse 5, it says, for this very reason, and this is what we got to remember today, because you could have everything you need for your life, make every effort, give it all you've got to add to this faith that you have. Goodness was last week, and this week, add knowledge. Add knowledge. If you have faith, you got to make sure that now that you add some knowledge to that faith. Because <clears throat> in, in just real quick here to kind of set the table. I just know that lots of times what happens for some people is you have an amazing experience with God and it's real and it's true and you put your faith in God. But I'm telling you, many times it gets so emotive and it's so stirring that then when all of a sudden it doesn't feel so good or it's not as exciting anymore, next thing you know, you, you can just, that faith can just start to slide right away. And man, one thing that'll keep that from happening is if you add knowledge to your faith. And then in verse 7, or verse 8, it says, If you possess these qualities, so today, if you possess knowledge in increasing measure, it will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of God. Now, again, <clears throat> we're just doing this every week just to kind of help you. Hopefully, it'll, it, it's helping me. I don't know if you, you, if you don't like it. That's fine. No big deal. But again, what we've been trying to show here is this large wheel is God who's always working, who says, he says, I am always loving you. I offer you wisdom anytime you want. I've got all the power that you need. I'll give you grace and mercy. I will rain this stuff. I'm raining this stuff down all the time. But if we stay apart from God, then we don't really engage with him. Because if we remember, this is so key to really know God is not just to get information about him. It means that you let God and all that he is into your life and that you engage in his life. If you're going to know the person sitting next to you, if I'm going to know Susie, I have to let her into my life and I have to engage in her life and then we'll know each other. And so what the Bible is telling, what Peter says, go ahead and you guys can put this together, is if, if, that, if we come together, if we let God come into us and if we come into God, then we know him. Then everything that God is, he starts to pour into our life. And I just know for me, um, in seasons of my life, there are too many times where I know things about God, and yet I don't really know him. And, and, and that's why we're doing this whole series, because there are, I think for me personally, I want everything I need for life. And much of the time, I don't have it. And as the pastor of this church, if you're coming to K2, the church, I do not want you just to come and sit and never have a life-changing, transforming experience. Because the Bible tells us we should, out of knowing God intimately, have everything we need. So today, apparently, what Peter teaches us is one of the things that helps us to engage with God is if we increase in our knowledge of him. Okay? So, obviously, you know, we were last night with a couple, uh, Susie and I were out with a, two different couples and, and celebrating one of their birthdays. And as we did that, we just realized we've been doing this for like five or six years. And it's just going to continue to go on and on. And the more you're with somebody, the more you realize there's more to know. You guys ever realize that with the person you're married? It's there's always more to learn about the person. And the more I know them, the better my life has a chance to be. All right? So here's the deal. What does it mean... To know God, this word, know, here it is. 
Gnosko is the kind of the Greek base word. And it always carries with it the implication of grasping the full reality or the nature of that object. So in other words, when Peter says, add knowledge, what he's saying is, I want you to add to your faith the full reality of who God is. Full, true knowledge. And here's where it can be careful, where we have to be really, really careful. It is thus distinguished, totally distinguished from mere opinion. Anybody have opinions about God? Okay. We all do. And we have to be really careful of opinions because with opinions, we may grasp half of the truth. We might get half of it right or it might be inadequate or it could even be wrong. And again, you guys, if this is who God is and we're thinking wrongly about God, then it totally sets us on a direction of our life that's not true. Now, the only way I could really know somebody is if they reveal themselves to me. So if we're going to know God, and I can't have just an opinion, then one of the things that has to happen is somehow God has to say, I am going to reveal myself to you. How many of you guys are on Facebook? Okay. Wow. Awesome. See, when you're on Facebook, what are you doing? You are revealing yourself as much as you want, right? But some of you, way more than others. And, uh, but you reveal yourself your likes, the things about you to the world. How many of you Twitter? Any Twitterers? Okay, just a few of you. You guys are insane. That's all I got to say, all you Twitterers. But I mean, what's a Twitter? I mean, it's like, it's amazing to me, actually, that people want to just tell everybody all the time what they're doing. Or here's this thing, or here's this guy. I mean, it's like this full knowledge. Can I, can I be on a side note? I think God's a Twitterer, by the, by the way. I, I think he totally Twitters. <clears throat> I think he is sitting there all the time, anytime, giving us information about himself. He really does. And he knows everything about you, like, all the time. See, but here's the deal. If you want to know somebody, you can't sit from a distance and say, this is what's true about you. You can watch and observe, but until you get to the heart of a person, you can't know who they are. In other words, you have to have a, have a conversation with that person. You have to let them reveal who they are. And it is so true about God, you guys. Can I just say, you got to be really careful to not tell God who he is based on your own assumptions of who you think he is. Because when you do that to a human being, it gets really messy. And when you do it to God, you miss out. So how do we let God tell us? who we are, because I got to grow in my knowledge of you, God. I have to understand who you are if I'm actually going to have everything I need, okay? So listen to this. This is an amazing verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Let's just sit with that one just for a second. In other words, we can look around creation. The Bible tells us that creation reveals kind of the nature of God to us, his beauty, his majesty, his power, the orderliness. There's so many things about God that he reveals to us. But if you just kind of looked at that and then tried to figure out, how much does God love me? What does God think about me? There's no way you could do that from simply observing outside. No mind has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. 
Verse 10. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. See, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And this here's the verse that makes so much sense to me. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. See, so when I look at that scripture, I just think, in other words, if I try to just figure out who God is in the limitations of my finite mind, I'm never going to get there. At least I hope I don't get there. Do you really, and I say this, I say this a lot, do you really want a God that you fully understand? I mean, do you really want a God that you can grasp with your mind? <laughs> Aren't you hoping he's just a little bigger than you? Just, just gets a little bit more of the world than you do. Understand things you don't understand. I mean, even as I prayed this morning, I found myself saying, you know, God, what's amazing to me this morning is that I'm feeling junk and good in my heart and I don't even really get it and you do. You know why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. You know what I'm thinking. It's amazing to me. Would you clue me in? Just help me even understand myself. See, now here's the deal. When you're in a human relationship with another person, and that person projects things upon you that are not really true about you. Anybody ever get frustrated by that? Okay, that's really frustrating. Where you want to say, just come talk to me. Come find out from me what is really true. And let's have a conversation about that. Let me tell you who I am. Just don't make assumptions about that. And I think God must just sit up there and go, man, let me tell you who I am. Because as long as you try to figure out my mind, there is no way you will always be off somewhat. Somehow, God has to reveal it to us. He has to reveal to us who he is. And so for, for us in the, in the Christian faith, what we have done is we, we look at this book and we say, you know what? God has revealed himself to us. Now, there's a lot of debate that can go over that, but there's, and it's a good debate. The thing I love about it, it is not foolish to believe this, you guys. If you struggle with this, we've done messages in the past about how the Bible can actually be valid, something that you can trust. And if you just, you could just go back and, you know, go to our website, you can hunt them down, you could find those, because um, I'm not going to get into that right now. But here's, here's the deal. Mainly, what I'm, I want to encourage you to have today is just a spirit of humility, it's a spirit of humility that would say, hey, God, I want to know you. And I just confess to you right now, I can't figure you out. Your ways are above my ways. You are beyond my ability to grasp. I confess my humanness, my finite mind, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to humble myself before you, and re would you reveal yourself to me? Now, one of the things I do, you guys, a lot is I pray. There are some amazing prayers in the Bible. And I find myself just praying those for myself or for other people. Here's one you might want to pray. So I'm praying for you today. So I'm praying for me. Ephesians 1.17 says, I keep asking 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I keep asking. I love this. Because you guys remember, if you were here, if you've been with us, you have to get this knowledge in increasing measure. You don't come to church one day and go, oh, got it. Awesome. I'm good to go. No, I mean, once you get it, you just begin this journey of continually going. And that's why I think Paul says, that's why I keep asking. Because these guys were believers in Jesus. They were followers of Jesus. They had received the faith. But he says, now I'm asking that God will continue to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better. Because what happens if you know him better then you can start to understand everything that's yours. When I think about this, what Peter said is add to your faith knowledge. Think about this for a second, guys. You cannot believe in, you can't put your faith in something that you don't know. Can I just say that again? That was good, thank you. No, I just, can I say, you, you can't put your faith in something that you don't know. And so I want to tell you, I mean, I've been to seminary, right? I've done the thing. I've been a pastor for 22 years. I just keep going. I'll never forget sitting in a class in college. This guy had been teaching for 30 to 40 years. He's one of the distinguished, you know, professors of the school. And I remember him walking in one day and just sitting there and just kind of nodding, shaking his head, looking at us and going, man. He goes, I just read something in the Bible. You know, this guy had read the Bible like 500 times. He goes, I just read something today I've never seen before. And he goes, and it just, and he shared with us how it affected him that day. He was continuing to grow in his understanding and his knowledge of God. And if there's things about God that you don't know yet, you can't put your faith in those things. And one of the things I love about God is as long as I seek him, I'm going to keep knowing more about him. And the more I know about him, the more knowledge I have about God, because it is important to gain knowledge about him, but the more knowledge I have about God is more that I can place my faith in him. And when that happens, that happens. I get him in, I engage in him, and now all of a sudden I have more than I had yesterday as far as my knowledge of God. All right? So here you go. One more quote for you, A.W. Tozer. If you guys, anybody follow Jesus, never read A.W. Tozer? You should. He's amazing. He says, what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Let me, that was really smooth, wasn't it? Let me try that again. <laughs> what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you because it determines everything you do. So once again, we have to think rightly about God because then we'll actually know the true God and we can know him and go in our life, okay? So how do we increase our knowledge of God? Um, just real quick here. Try, let's see, what am I doing? Oh, that's right. There's no worship after this. I got like 15 minutes. Yeah, is all ready? All right. I look down, I'm like, oh man, am I done already? No. All right, here we go. How do you increase your knowledge of God so that you can actually know him? Well, again, everything we've been saying is I have to let God into my life and then I have to engage in his life. If you let God, let's, no, I'm going to switch it around this, this week. Let's say you decide, man, I'm going to engage in God and who he is, Okay then what has to happen, guys, is you have to find out who he is. And I've already said this. You have to let him tell you and reveal to you 
who he is. And you know what? I, there is no other way than to, than to be able to be in this book and say, God, tell me who you are. And that's where there takes humility. Because you have to come with a humble heart and a willingness to receive from God and let him tell you who he is. Can I just go through a few of the things? These are just, I'm just, I, obviously, we, I can't tell you. Let me tell you now everything that God is. You know, that's just not going to happen today. But let me tell you some key things the Bible says about him. One of them is that he is omnipotent, that there's an incomparably great power that is within God. And I'm, I'm telling you, for me, that's really important for me to know. Because there's a lot of other powers out there. There's government powers, there's spiritual powers, there's my own power to choose, there's lots of power, you have power, all that kind of stuff. It's so good to know that when I'm walking through this world, that I have a God that the Bible tells me he has all authority over all power. And that's a critical thing to know. The second thing it says is that he is omnipresent. Jeremiah 23, 24 says, can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth. And so, again, and there's another place in, in Psalm 51 where God just looks at David and says, Do you, is there, can you flee from me? Even if you go to the depths of Sheol, I'm there. I'm everywhere. Okay? And again, that's an important thing for me to know. He's omniscient. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. So obviously, we, our God who's created everything, who understands everything, knows everything. Now, here's a huge one, you guys. Because for me, there is so much I don't know. Anybody else agree with that? When you live this life, there is so much that I do not understand. And I'm never going to understand. Somehow God, in his eternal nature can see things that I cannot see. He knows things that I do not know. Somehow God in all of his eternal nature has the ability to see how every act that happens on the world is going to be effective throughout eternity. And I don't have that ability. I'm telling you, that right there is one of the most comforting things for me to know about God is that he knows everything I don't. And that leads me into the next thing that's really important to know about God, and that is that he is holy. He is holy. That means we are not like him. He is completely different in his nature. He is absolutely pure in a way that we are not. And so again, when I try to figure out God and my mind's twisted a little bit or I have other experiences or, or, or things I've gone through and then I take all of that, I've told, I've, what people have told me, all that kind of, and then I place that on God, it's, you have to be really careful because, man, God is holy. He's totally different, all-powerful, everywhere, knowing everything, and then being completely holy in his nature. And then what the Bible tells us is he reveals that holiness through his love and through his goodness. If you want to understand what is good and what is right, then you go and you find out what the holy God says and what he does so that we can know what is right. And then the other thing we know about God is that he has a will. 
God has a will. In fact, the Bible tells us if we would become living sacrifices, which would mean if I can die to myself and not do what I want anymore, then that's called holy and pleasing to God. And then it says, then you'll be able to discern what his will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, so the other thing that we can know about God is he doesn't just sit up there and go, hey, you guys, good luck down there. You know, see you when it's all over. (laughs) No, he sits up there and he goes, I want you to know I have a will. Now, my ways are not your ways. You are not going to understand everything that I've got. I'm holy and I'm different, but I also wanted to let you know that I'm good. And when every, and that's why that scripture that if you're a Christian, you just cling to it, that God works together for the good, right? In all things, no matter what we see, he works together for the good for those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. Man, that is something you need to know about God. He has a will. And he has a general will, you guys. And the scripture, I think, is very clear that he has a specific will for you. And you can know that about God. He is not distant from your life. He's there for you. And he knows what he wants to do for you. Okay, the other thing that hit me is just all the roles that God has. And let me just hit a few of them. There's like a list of names of God all through the Bible. But one of the things you got to find out, man, I want to know God. And I want to know the truth about God. Okay, great. Here's some things he says. I'm your creator. So sometimes you look in the mirror and you go, oh, what is that? And God goes, oh, that is good. That's really good. You have any idea what I was doing? No. Okay, well, Find out. I mean, I know the days that I have planned for you. I created you. I gave you gifts. I gave you passions. I gave you physical abilities. One of the coolest things was on Thursday night at the National Day of Prayer. Anybody there? Anybody come and join us? At the National Day of Prayer, Nick Vujicic was there. Nick was born with no arms and no legs. To the son, he was the son of a pastor. So when that, it'd be like Susie and I having a baby, and when the baby was born, it had no arms and no legs. Gideon, right here, buddy has been born to Mark and Sarah Demiglio, you know, and he's been the one of the biggest blessings. My daughter, I want you to know, my daughter just yesterday, Ashton, just said, Gideon's so lucky. He's so cool. He's lucky. And, 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 and Nick got to, a chance to hang out with Gideon. And the coolest thing about Nick was he was saying, you might look at your life and say, what were you thinking, God? And you see Nick and you see Gideon. If you ever run into Gideon, he's just full of joy. He's absolutely full of life. And Nick now has spoken to, what, six million people around the world? I mean, who who are now hearing a message, and he just says, he goes, there's no way I would have ever spoken to six million people if I had arms and legs. People want to listen to me because I don't. See, so was that a mistake that God made? No, God is good. And in our understanding, we go, I don't get it. And in God's bigger picture, he goes, just chill and trust me. I am your creator. I am your creator. It's pretty amazing. Another thing he is, is he's our savior. He's our savior. That's so critical to know. That God says, I didn't come to condemn the world. I didn't send Jesus to condemn it. I sent Jesus to save it, to save the world. Man, I am so grateful that God is my savior. So I don't have to try to save myself. Then the Bible says he's our father. And again, for some of us, we go, oh, great. Yeah, I know what a dad's like. That ain't good. Dad's not interested in me. Dad left me. Dad abused me. 
I mean, you know, sometimes we hear Father and we go, no. And so it's hard because, but God says, whoa, 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 wait a second. But I am your Father, but I'm the good one. I'm the one that every father should try to emulate. I will show you what it's like to be a good father. I created you. I love you. You're my child and you're mine. Then the Bible, this is one of my favorite ones. It reveals that God is a shepherd. I, just, I do this little quiet time thing with Ashlyn. And, uh, and for three weeks in a row, it was on well, shepherd, 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 shepherd. I love the shepherd because what does a shepherd do? A shepherd leads you because you're a sheep. And do you guys remember sheep are really stupid, right? So, and they're very clumsy. And so the shepherd leads the sheep. The shepherd also protects the sheep. And the shepherd provides the sh- for the sheep. Leads them to green pastures and to still water so they can drink. Man, I, I, sometimes in, a, in the beginning of my day, I just have to go, God, today you are my shepherd. You're going to lead me, you're going to protect me, and you are going to supply for me what I need. Okay? And then he's your Lord. And again, we don't live in a culture with lords and masters, you know, so it's kind of hard. But that's what the Bible tells us. God is the Lord. Period. In fact, it says every day when it's all said and done, every knee will bow and it will confess that Jesus Christ was Lord because he is. That's just what he is. And so, see, so we have a chance here now on earth to go, okay, good, you're Lord. Well, what's that mean? If he's Lord, that means he calls the shots. He gets to do what it is and then I do whatever he says. And some of us go, oh my gosh, how oppressive. Who in the world would want a God who's your Lord? How about the God who knows you and loves you and cares for you and knows the plans that he has for your life, who created you with specific things? I mean, see, what our whole idea is that God is oppressive in nature and he's going to steal your life if you, know, if, you're, if you make him your Lord. Actually, Jesus said just the opposite. He goes, unless you let me have your life, you'll never find it. You try to save it, you're going to lose it. Let me have your life and you'll find it. Okay, I can, see, we could just go on forever. You and I have to continually go to God and say, God, who are you? And I'm telling you, as you live your life, as I live my life, I find that I can put my faith in what I find out to be true about God. And I've got to find out what those things are because I have some really screwy ideas. Anybody else? I have some really whacked out ideas. <laughs> of who God is. And I need to get those straightened out. All right? So that's the first thing. I want to engage in the life of God. I'm going to find out who he is. Second thing you do is, I really want to know God. Okay, then he says, well, then let me in. Right? Let me into your life. Okay. All right, God, go ahead. Come on in. Now, here's what happens. If you let God into your life, what does he tell you? He tells you who you are. And I'm telling you this is still, for me personally, everybody's got their own issues. For me still, this is one of the things I'm still trying to hear from God, is for him to tell me who I am. I I tell you, I think one of the biggest spiritual battles in this world that our enemy has against us is to demean you, it's to crush you, it's to destroy you, it's to make you think that you're worthless, that you're no good, or that you're only good if you do certain things. It's just a constant battle for so many people. You know what will happen? If you let God in and you actually let him tell you who you are, he will look at you and he will say, you, it's what I love to do with my kids, right? (laughs) Trying to be a real dad, okay? 
who will hear from me that they rock. I mean, I can't wait at night to whisper in my girls' ears and tell them how beautiful they are, to tell Caleb what a stud he is, you know, to see him walk out national in a cute little skirt and just gloat over them. And then I did. I gloated over Ashlyn. So what Caleb do? He went like this. <laughs> he, he just stood in front of me. I'm like, dude, you're a stud. <laughs> because, because our kids want to hear from our parents. Tell me, man, who am I? Am I okay? And you know what God wants to say to you? You're beautiful. You're exactly how I wanted you to be. Now, if you just do this, then you could find out who you really are and what I want to do with your life and why I gave you the passions I gave you, why I gave you the abilities that you have. Let me take all the stuff I gave you. Let me straighten it all out. Get it connected to me so I can empower you because you are meant in this world to give me glory. That's what the Bible tells us. It says that if we abide in Christ, we will bear much fruit and it is to our Father's glory that we bear fruit. I just want to tell you, man, every one of you in this room, if you let God in, he's going to piece by piece try to dismantle all the negative things that were told to you, all the things that were never said to you that should have been said to you. He wants to replace that and let you know that you're amazing. The other thing he'll do, just real quick, I, I can't, I'm not going to get into this stuff, but he, then God says, and by the way, I created life, and so I know all this stuff. So I'd really like to clue you in on your relationships. I'd love to tell you about how your marriage should work. I'd love to clue you in on how you should parent, how you should get along at work and treat people who don't like you and all that kind of stuff. I, I, everything we need for relationships, man, God has said, let me in and I'll tell you how that works. Then you go to the book of Proverbs and it's just full of wisdom. Let me tell you about sex. I got that, by the way, that was God's idea too. He is a good God. Um, and he says, and let me tell you about it because it is so powerful. And so good that when it's used outside, it's so bad and so destructive. So let me tell you how it's supposed to work. And he does in this word. Let me tell you about your finances. Let me tell you about your emotions. Let me tell you about work. I mean, God is just saying, if you let me in your life, I'll actually go into your life. I'll go into every area of your life, and I'll tell you how to do this. That's who God is. Now, a couple things just to close here. All true knowledge, you guys, though, again... There's a lot of people, maybe you're one of them today, where you've studied this thing and you know all these things about God. Please hear me on this, because here's the key. If you never actually do any of them, it makes no difference in your life. See, it's all about faith. God reveals himself to us, but when we respond to him, that's when this happens. That's when it clicks in and we finally know God and he starts making a difference in your life. I just want to encourage you. My guess would be, I know it is for me, that most of the time when I feel like I don't have everything I need for life and godliness, the real issue is there's somewhere I'm disengaging from God. So let me close with some practical things for you about how, because this is why we're not worshiping with song, okay? Because your worship to God at the end of this message, is not to go sing some songs. Your worship to God would be to say, I love you, so I'm going to get to know you. Talked about that a few weeks ago. Man, when you love somebody, you go for it. 
Anybody out there obsessed with anything? Like anything, a person or, you know, like football or, you know, or, you know, or motorcycles or your work or finances or you name it. There are so many things we're obsessed with. When you're obsessed with something, what do you do? Man, you read about it, you Google it, you internet it, you write, you, you just want to know everything about it. And then here's God saying, oh, by the way, I have everything you need for life. Yeah, I know, but I, don't, I just don't have time. I don't have time for that, man. I want to know what the Lions drafted, you know? I mean, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, we're, we're ridiculous, you guys. This is the battle because I know that every one of you in here are obsessed with something and you know a lot about it. What would happen if we actually became obsessed with God? Okay, so here's your worship. Read this thing. I mean, go ahead, blow the dust off, find it, buy a new one because you can't. You know, they're free out in the lobby. Get one of these guys and actually read this. I'm telling you, you're, you, would, you would, God, I love that. I remember hearing somebody say that. It's so funny because every morning God's sitting there in your living room waiting for you. Every morning. You don't have to wonder, oh, man, where's God? I got up and God, he was busy today and he slept in. No, God will meet you. It doesn't have to be in the morning. Anytime, anytime you engage with him, he will meet you there. I'm telling you, if you're going to know God, you've got to open this thing up and start to read it. If you don't know how to do this, which I know most, I mean, I had to have somebody help me know, how should I read this thing? One of the things you could do is there are soap journals right here in the lobby. And it's a very, it's what I do. I have a group of guys and we just, we're just learning how to read the Bible so that it can be a personal experience actually with God. Don't get freaked out by this thing. I know it's scary sometimes and stuff, but Man, if you're ever going to know God, you've got to let him tell you who he is. Okay, so read this thing. And by the way, again, if you don't have a good Bible, the study Bible or the life application Bible are ones you should get because it'll have all these footnotes on the bottom that tell you what it just said. (laughs) I use it all the time. Because when you read something that doesn't make any sense to you, go down and find out what it says. Let me just list off some other things and then we're done. There are tons of devotionals that you could read that would tell you things about God. They're just small little books. takes two minutes to read them. Great bathroom material. Just set it there and read for two minutes and let God tell you who he is. And I'm telling you, he will do that. K2 University. We have started this thing, K2U, on Wednesday nights. And throughout all year long, we are going to be teaching through Scripture, teaching through things about God. If you want to know more about him, sign up for K2U. Get in a Life Together group. You guys, go on the web. There's podcasts everywhere. There's books everywhere. Here's a big one. Hang out with somebody who knows more than you do. I'm telling you, I go to the people who know more than me all the time. There are people that you know who probably know God more than you do. Ask them questions. Dialogue with them and find out what it is. And then my last thing to you would be this. And step out and actually do one thing that you already know. Because some of you know lots of stuff, you just need to do one of them. Just do one thing that you already know. And I bet you any money, that'll happen. And you'll start to know God. If you will start reading this, getting the information in, and then taking steps of faith, God will sit over you, and you will be blessed, and you'll know him. And you'll start to have more than you have now for your life. So God, I pray that every step that they would take as they walk out of here, All of us, as we walk out of here, lead us to take a step to grow in knowledge of you. And as we do, I pray 
that you would transform our mind so that we can know who you are, so that we can know your goodness, so that it will actually penetrate our being and change us. May it happen in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Have a great time loving on your moms. Get outside, enjoy the weather, and we'll see you next week.